Consumer discretionary stocks, the best performing sector today. We had airlines that were strong. We had retail plays and the restaurants taking part too. Joining us from CFRA, Tuna Amobi, Director and Senior Equity Strategist. So Tuna, right now we've got a lot of these companies continue to look strong. We had this kind of gyration and pullback within some of the uptrend and these reopened themes the last couple of weeks. Should we expect them to keep rocking? You know, I think um, a lot of these names, as you alluded to, Oliver, um, will benefit from the uh, reopening play, which uh, we think is still alive and well, uh, despite the market volatility uh, that we have seen. Um, as you know, I think the news on the vaccines front has been quite positive. And we find that there is a significant amount of pent-up demand that is waiting to be unleashed. Uh, on, the, on the other side of this uh, pandemic. Uh, and some of the uh, advanced data points that we see uh, indicate to us um, that the consumer is out there uh, waiting to uh, waiting to spend, um, waiting for things to uh, get back to some semblance of normalcy. Uh, on the back of this um, you know, economic, economic stimulus package that, that just uh, is beginning to cycle through, all of this uh, will um, help to prop up consumer spending uh, and benefit um, a, a large swath of these, these companies. Tuna, I look at some of these and uh, they've recovered their pre-COVID levels and then added on more. Stock like Darden Restaurants, trading right now, uh, 30 bucks above its pre-COVID level, uh, the month of uh, February going into the crisis. Does that make sense? Well, you know, it's interesting because when you kind of look at um, the restaurant space, uh, it just so happens that the um, the casual dining and fast casual have been powering uh, that space uh, out of the pandemic. Expectations are pretty, uh, you know, high. So a name like Darden, for example, even though it's kind of been trading uh, near all-time highs, and by the way, same as other restaurants' name, whether it's uh, BJ uh, or, um, or or Brinkers or or, um, or Cheesecake, all of these casual dining names are trading at or near all-time highs. And what has happened, Oliver, is that um, you know the, uh, the 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 improvement that we've seen in in same stores, uh, same restaurant sales for the past. Um, you know, a few few months coming into this quarter, Darden Saint, for example, that most recently those sales have turned positive, which got quite a few investors excited. Um, so the other thing that's happened is the um, the transition to off-premise sales. Um, digital has been a big uh, factor in that. Uh, Third-party delivery, uh, uh, curbside pickup, uh, things of that nature. These are all, uh, you know, silver linings, if you will, that have come as a result of this pandemic. Right, right, uh, and right. these, these companies are actually hitting um, pre-pandemic uh, revenue levels this year, which is way ahead of a lot of other areas that have been affected by this pandemic. I think it's an important point that you touched on there that some of the structural changes now that have been made where you can order some of these uh, uh, you know, items and they've established some of the delivery part of the business that maybe they hadn't figured out before. I think also, I guess in some areas when you've had mom and pop stores close, unfortunately, right, then they can take a little bit more of the market share for the dining out, um, I guess is maybe one narrative too. But Tuna for Brinker, for example, if we go there, Nobody loves Chili's more than me, Tuna. I love Chili's. It's my favorite casual dining spot. I miss that there's not one here near me in Chicago. I used to go to the one next to Port Authority in Manhattan every time I was waiting for a bus. Okay, so I love Chili's. Let the record show. However, this stock right now, it's 72 bucks, Tuna. It traded at 46 before the crisis, and it hadn't done anything for a year. So when you look at this in terms of the expectations going forward, 
what do they need to show us that's different? Like when we go, okay, Brinker six months from now, what are the numbers that we gotta see to justify the stock trading so much higher than it did for two years? Before the crisis, I love uh, I love chilies uh, as well. Oliver. <laughs> Let's you know, go to that. To, to, to your point, I think one of the reasons why we like uh, Brinkers is the um, actually the discount um, that it trades relative to other names and still trading despite the acceleration. And I think you you hit on the point. Uh, they've been fairly in the past somewhat inconsistent in terms of you know execution. But what are the silver lining that has come as a result of this pandemic for for Brinkers uh, is that they've uh, focused more on the on the digital channels which they're growing. Um, you know, quite nicely, and we would argue some of those gains will stick. So, as far as what they need to do um, to kind of sustain these gains, to me, I think um, you know it's going to be uh, basically um, uh, transferring some of these lessons that they've learned and sustaining the momentum. Um, you know, when you have uh, digital channels. Uh, kind of contributing uh, anywhere from 40 to 50 percent of your off-premise sales. In some cases, as much as 80 percent. Uh, I mean, that's something that you know would never have been possible if not for for this pandemic. Uh, so the restaurant industry as a whole, they have uh, galvanized uh, into that, and they're actually benefiting uh, from this trend. Cash burn, which is the other issue that has uh, unnerved some investors, is starting to ease. So there's definitely uh, some light at the end of a tunnel for for Brinker and other companies here. Okay. The earnings that you estimate, and you've got a buy rating. I mean, you've, you nailed this, uh, Tuna. It's even uh, moved past your target. We're above it now. Your target is 65 bucks. We're above it by $7. The earnings that you estimate that we see in the future here, we just had it up on the screen. I mean, is that going to be a big difference from the year before? Are we going to go, wow, this company generates a lot more money? What does that look like, that 259 you expect for this year? Uh, what's that going to look like compared to pre-COVID? Well, I think you can see that that 259 is somewhat uh, depressed, um, but but nevertheless a major improvement from uh, from last year. And and watch uh, the estimate for next year. I think that's where you really begin to see the operating leverage uh, as a result of the cost cutting, which we've seen across the industry. Um, as uh, revenues and same store sales begins to uh, to recover, uh, you're going to see uh, the, the the leverage um, begin to translate into margin expansion. What are the main worries, though, Oliver, for the industry as a whole? Um, including, um, uh, you know, Brinkers is the fact that, you know, you've got this minimum wage uh, uh, legislation that's kind of beginning to cycle through um, with the Biden administration. That is going to create some wage pressures. There's no way to sugarcoat that. So we're kind of looking at anywhere from uh, two and a half to three percent or more, um, you know, uh, wage inflation uh, that may take hold. A lot of companies are actually building that into their model right now. And if you own your restaurants like Brinkers as opposed to franchising, uh, like some of the other uh, quick service names, that could be more uh, of, a, of a pressure or of a potential concern as we kind of look at the uh, estimates for the next uh, couple of years out. Okay. Tuna case uh, well made here. Uh, definitely looking forward to watching these companies. And uh, looking forward to our uh, Chili's catch up. Uh, Tuna Moby, thank you, sir, as always, joining us from CFR. Right?